Welcome to the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Each week on the podcast, you'll hear stories and tactics from experts and influencers who will provide you with actionable steps to transform your business and your life. I'm your host, Larissa McClemon, and I help salon owners move from stress and overwhelm to lead a life of freedom and profit by implementing a strategic framework to grow and scale their business. So wherever you are in the world, I want to officially invite you to join me in this episode and make an important step in your journey towards more freedom and more profit. Have you ever had a client walk into the salon door and then never return? Their stylist is left feeling confused, maybe slightly upset. A million thoughts is racing through your head. Did they not enjoy the end result of the color? Maybe the style? Was it too expensive? Did the team member talk too much? Maybe they talked about their dog. What got missed? In our industry, I think this has happened to all of us before. I know it certainly has happened to me. Is it just something that you have to accept when running a client-based business or not? I want to show you a way that you can avoid this from happening and it has nothing to do with the hair itself. Just imagine you're a client who's had the busiest of days, work's been hectic, or perhaps you've had a tough day with the kids, and you come flying into your hair appointment at a new salon that you almost forgot. The hairdresser, who doesn't know you or your hair or what you like having done, and comes over and swings around in the mirror and says, so what are we doing today? (laughs) At the end of the appointment, you leave the salon, and whilst you may actually like what the stylist has done, you think to yourself, well, I won't be returning there anytime soon. Now, let's talk about what that may be. I know that I say this often, but as a salon owner's job is always more than just hair. So it's easy to get caught up in getting your clients in and out of the salon, looking good, feeling good. But what about actually feeling good about the experience that they've had whilst in the business. This is something that I knew that I had to get to the bottom of. So let's talk to lovely Natalie. Natalie was practically born in this industry. She's been a hairstylist and a business owner for 30 years now. Not only is she the author of a must-read book, Love Your Hair, Discover Your Best Hairstyle, but she's also known in Australia for her unmatched customer service, incredible consultation steps. So let's dive into this episode and hear all of the secrets from Natalie, on how to truly provide a 10 out of 10 client experience for your salon. One that will actually ensure that clients come back through the doors each and every time. Natalie, thank you so much for joining me on the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Very pleased to have you here. So excited to be here. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. Uh, Let's start with uh, where are you in the world? What do you do? And how did you come to be doing that? Okay, I am in Melbourne, Australia, and I wasn't always from Melbourne, originally Sydney. I am, I'm a hairstylist, I am also a salon owner, and a newly titled also author. So yeah, it's pretty exciting. I have been hairdressing for close to 30 years now. I started hairdressing, um, and I don't know, it may be because, but both my parents were hairdressers. So I pretty much grew up in a hairdressing salon. And uh, it's been my home since I was seven years old. Um, I'm one of four, I'm the only one of the siblings that went into hairdressing and have loved it every day I have been in this industry. So yeah, in a nutshell, there you go. (laughs) Yeah, born into the industry, I love that. Um, How long have you had your salon, Natalie? I have, so I was working in the family business until I moved to Melbourne, which was 20 years ago. 
so I pretty much, I think from, I think I was maybe eight months into living in Melbourne when I ended up opening my own salon. Um, and then I've changed locations once uh, in that time. So yeah, it's been, it's probably been almost 20 years, yeah, that I've been running my own salon. I love it. Tell us a little bit about uh, what is the, a week in the life of Natalie? What does it look like? What does your week typically um, consist oh. of? Okay, I'm going to keep it about hairdressing because sometimes I think there should be a camera on me, I swear, it would make great TV. <laughs> There's so much that happens. I'm up at 5.30 in the morning and I try to get to bed by 8.30 at night if I can, but there's always so much to do. So a week for me is pretty much hairdressing right through. We've just come out of lockdown, so it has been very busy at the moment. I've just finished a 21-day um, a straight existence in the salon but wow. generally it, it would be uh tuesday to saturday so with the the typical sunday monday out of the salon uh but i am pretty much always working in my business and on my business so the sunday is probably more of my bit more of a day off at least half of it and then i spend the rest preparing my admin list for what i'm going to be doing on my monday um so yeah that's kind of what i'm doing i um specialize a lot I've, and we'll delve into that but with consultations so I've always got um, you know I've got clients or guests coming in for consultations and also and separate to also hair appointments um, but yeah pretty much hair hair and more hair. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky it's a good thing to be spending time on well let's talk uh, about consultation because I feel like uh, this is the centerpiece of a client experience if we don't mm -hmm. get this right uh, it can be a bit of a mess and so it's probably the most important skill that we hone as uh, stylists and, and even as business owners so tell me in, in your experience what do you think if you had to boil it down to the three most important things that we should be doing or be show, focusing on when it comes to a consultation with a client what would you pin those top three things on okay so look top top things eye contact listening and body language. Um, consultations is something I have started to really fine tune on and work. And it was something I don't know why, but I really started to see what was missing in the very early years of my apprenticeship. Um, and just a little bit of background there, and I know I've already done my intro, but I very early on had a, a clientele that was attracted to my style of hairdressing. But these women who were mostly attracted to what I had to offer were from the 40, 50 plus age group. And I have maintained a very high percentage of that age group for pretty much all the years I have been in hairdressing. Um, and this age group I love and find the most interesting. And also they're an age group who want to get their style right. And then through exploring and learning more about consultation and for me learning about how to read body language how important eye contacting although eye contact was always taught to me from a very early age and is very powerful uh, but also listening and when to start talking so that's a really important thing um, but I actually had um, the ability then to start really fine-tuning and designing hairstyles that these women had never had before so it in my opinion all came down to getting this consultation ticked off correctly. So definitely listening, eye contact, body language would be my top three. And then they all have the, the reasons behind, you know, what that, why that's so powerful. 
Well, take us through some of those reasons, because I think um, it's something, because it's not a tangible, say this word or do it like this. Uh, yeah. I think there's skills that can be missed. or We don't realize yes. that we're not doing them yes. unless we're actively taught. And then it starts to become second nature or we have our version of it, but it isn't necessarily an effective version. And then it becomes second nature. And so we don't even know that we're making the same mistake over and over again. Yeah. So take us through what, what and how should we be doing yeah. this the right way? And, and everything you said is just so true because in my experience and what I've seen, and I, look, I could always be wrong and I'm sure there are definitely someone out there who are getting this right. I'm not saying that they're not. But I, don't, I have not seen consultations taught in hairdressing like we teach hair, how to style hair, how to cut, how to colour and all the things of how to do within the trade. But I don't, it, to me, it, it doesn't, one doesn't go without the other. So why and how we've missed such an important part of this consultation and so you're right it's kind of stumbled upon and and but how do we know if we get it right and then how do we accidentally keep getting it wrong because there's been nothing to to step us through so yeah so I've kind of you know who knows maybe I'll start be able to teach this but uh but this is great to be able to even talk about it so with so it, where do you want to start we'll start with uh eye contact let's start there so with eye contact you are instantly validating and making someone feel important so that is a great way to meet your guest when they enter the salon um, and that kind of quickly ties into body language and and for me I'm I'm looking and listening and seeing how that person has come in because you can tell a lot by just paying attention. So someone might come in in a real rush and they're talking really fast and you can just tell they've had a busy day and they might even be a little bit agitated or upset or whatever it happened and, and that's fine, but it's really good to acknowledge that and then start to just give that person either a couple of minutes or change how you might have come in and approach that sit down, let's get started, what are we gonna to do today? Because their headspace is so not, right where you are because you're in the salon you know you're you're doing hair you're in that place they've come into this space and they've just left something else so you need to arrive yeah you need to arrive and you need to just kind of get that welcome in right set them down take a breath and also just read how how where they're coming from so that you can actually adjust how you begin that consultation and then we feed into so that what have I ticked off listening body language eye contact the listening part is where we're going to start. And so this part is important because of all the different reasons you're, you're having this talk today with your guest. Is it a new guest, which is where I really start my, I suppose, um, training and talking about consultations is very, very important to get it right with a, very, with a new guest. But I believe a consultation should be given, at least a small consultation, even with a reoccurring guest, so that right. you're, you're still checking in not the you know are we doing the same as last time kind of conversation so just hearing about how they've managed their style or how they managed it in the past uh what have they liked about their hair what have they not liked what have they felt they struggled with let them kind of start the conversation off so that you know where to come in from and that's I think the most important lead to getting the consultation right instead of you coming in from your side let them begin with what the most important, and you'll be able to pick out from that what is the most important areas that they really need to cover in this service or this appointment in your salon today. I hope yeah. I said that okay. <laughs> yeah, okay, let's recap that because it was some really, really important. I know, things. I threw everything that, into the mix right then, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, it was great. Hey, I just wanted to pop in to tell you something. 
don't worry, we're going to get back to this awesome episode in just a second. Now, if this sounds like you, listen up. You have a team. You love your team. But you're sick of wondering why and wishing your team would make their sales targets. You want them to be smashing sales because it shows that they're actually looking after their clients really well. Like imagine if you could have a way to make more from the clients that you already have, increase sales without spending more on advertising. Well, it's totally possible and I want to help you. And I want to help you do it with ease, in a classy way. No hard and dirty sales tricks here. Ways to serve your clients, make more, because everybody wins. The team, the client, and of course, you, the business owner. Now, if you want to find out more, just DM me uh, and let's chat. I'll make a plan for you. I'm also going to leave a link for you on the show notes of this episode. All right, let's get back to the episode. So somebody comes in, let's take the rushed person because you're right. Everybody is going to come in slightly differently. Yeah. Um, and it's our job to suss out where they're at, yeah. what mood they're in. Yeah. Uh, we always sat people down in the chair. Um, we had a no mirror area and we sat them in the chair oh, and the, the going to get the coffee or the drink or putting their bag away or that type of thing mm-hmm. was the moment to let them yeah, breathe. take a breathe out yeah. and just and just leave them for a moment. Because if we arrive and we're straight in the, hi, how's it going? Well, how are we doing your hair today? Yeah. Like, oh, I'm still just, where am I? What day is it? Um, I haven't yeah. changed my head. And so yeah. I think letting them sit, pause, breathe, um, Lots of us in the hair industry are highly kinesthetic. We're used to touching people and that works for most people, right? And so even just, uh, we used to do a little press on their shoulders just to kind of plant them in their chair. Like you're here. (laughs) Um, We'd put that under body language a little bit, just connect with the person, would you agree? Yep, yep. And that definitely starts the connection of oxytocin, which is really important between, you know, the two of you to have that because oxytocin then means there's going to be trust. So, um, and you definitely want trust between, you know, the guest and the stylist. Tell us about oxytocin. <laughs> so I don't know if, if, if your listeners know or if you know as well, but eye contact will actually trigger oxytocin. So, and that's part of the whole being validated and recognized and feeling important. So eye contact is, is really um, a big thing. I mean, and then I think as we with the world we're all living in at the moment and what we've seen of, um, you know, if, if you're a parent, when you've, you've had the struggles with kids being online or social media and stresses that can come from that. But we're, we've, we've over probably the last 10 years, we're slowly, as kids coming through, um, disconnecting a lot. That's more common and familiar than eye contact. And eye contact can become even scarier than what it used to be before we had all that interruption. So it is a scary thing, but it's something I think needs to be taught and practised to look at someone in the eye. And, and that in itself is just so amazing with, with just feeling that you've already been heard and no one said anything. It's, it's all about just validation and I'm here and I'm concentrating on you. So, so, that, so with oxytocin, you wanna keep that really um, prevalent. Absolutely. And there's definitely things that can happen without, sorry, I was, gonna, <laughs> I was just gonna say, there's things that can happen in the consultation that, we, that you may get wrong that will instantly just drop that oxytocin out the way. And so this is where it can be hit and miss um, and part of the journey into where you're going with your service. Sorry, I interrupted you because I could see you no, no. in there. Um, um, I want, if you could explain for our listeners 
what is oxytocin and why should we care about it? So oxytocin is a feel-good hormone. It, uh, it, it makes you, you, you that's, I mean, when you feel like you're in a safe place, when you feel that someone that you can trust someone, then you are very relaxed. And what happens then is you get healthy blood through, flow through the body. When oxytocin is restricted, then there's the shallow breathing, the tensing, muscles get tight, and you're almost kind of on edge. And this is something that, I'll be honest, um, oxytocin is restricted for a lot of people in a lot of salon visits where they feel they're unheard or they're seeing something that's happening that they didn't want. And now, you know, the shoulders lift, they're getting agitated. And honestly, I, I mean, as hairdressers, we do feel that energy and that can interrupt um, what happens then for the rest of that hair service and how well it's going to turn out or not turn out based on that energy. So, um, so basically, yeah, it, it's, you know, blood will flow and everything will relax when there's healthy oxytocin within the body. And when there's not, then the restriction happens and then the blood will flow to the most important parts of the body, being your heart and lungs, the parts of the organs that are gonna keep you alive, but it was restricted elsewhere. And um, and I talk a lot about oxytocin in, um, we'll talk to it later, but in, in my book where how, you know, keeping hair healthy and keeping a healthy blood flow through the scalp is um, really important for those follicles to stay healthy and thrive. But, um, but there's one area of the body that is tight all the time because, and I talk about women because I, I do women's hair. I, I, I have just slowly, it's evolved that I've stopped doing men's hairdressing. But um, so I do say women a lot, but we, we carry so much stress. And, um, and even though you might feel like you're breathing, right now, I've found that a lot of time, if, you, if your scalp is just as rock hard, you just not relax but if you have actually found a way of actually getting full relaxation everything should move and have the ability to to be massaged and if that makes sense so I don't know if that's my interpretation of oxytocin I I don't know if you have a uh, better well, one probably I'm no, not a well, doctor but that's what I definitely know about it <laughs> I love you that you're bringing awareness to it and that there's this need for connection trust which creates relaxation um mm. and I think you know, without trust, uh, it's not, there, there's kind of, there's no relationship without trust, right? Absolutely. Um, and the experience then is uh, affected if there's no trust in the relationship. And so some of those things like eye contact, touching, you know, shoulders and um, whatnot, relaxes the person and builds that trust in, in the first place yes. to then be able to have a great and open consultation Yes. To ultimately give the client what it is that she needs. And what occurred to me as you were speaking is sometimes I think, you know, as busy, busy owners or as uh, busy stylists and we're booked back to back, we forget that the experience for the client is more than just the hair outcome. Yes. Yes. You know, like for some people, this is their one time to really connect with another human mm -hmm. being on a deeper level mm -hmm. or, or physical touch or to just stop from the busy rat race and pause yeah yeah and so it well. really is yeah. our responsibility to provide that if we want to get anywhere if we want to actually have a successful yes. business then to get we need to, to the goal deeper. of great hair yes absolutely. yeah that's right yeah. I mean it's one thing yeah. to go well, I just want to do hair uh that's fine but you're not going to be as successful as someone who's actually prepared to visit the whole person in the chair 100 yes. percent Yes, yeah. now you're speaking my language <laughs> <laughs> well let's talk a little bit about body language a bit more deeply because uh, I'm super aware that for some of us stylists and for some clients, we don't necessarily match on um, how comfortable we are with body language. Yes. You know, yes. some of us 
are more visual and um, even auditory and don't love personal <laughs> touch as much as others and other people. We just want to hug everybody, and yeah. which is great if you get two huggers together, but if you get a hugger and a standoffish person, mm -hmm. doesn't always match. I'll tell you a funny story, which uh, makes me think of this, um, and then I, I would love your thoughts on it, um, Natalie. Um, in a busy salon environment, when I had my salon, uh, we had a team of 30 in a small space, right? So wow. we are across each other. And, you know, when you're mixing or even shampooing, you're quite comfortable to reach over each other and yeah. things that you wouldn't do at a formal dinner. You don't reach yeah. over somebody else's plate to get the gravy and you say, excuse me, and could yeah. you pass you me your the manners salt? on? <laughs> you have your manners on, that's right. But yeah, in the yeah. salon, we don't, have to, we don't have time for manners for that type of stuff within the team. Clients, yes, but... Um, you just reach over and you bump into each other and it's I don't know about your salon but that's what mine was like so when I bring that home into my kitchen and I just expect my family to be comfortable with that because I, yeah. if my husband's cooking I'll reach over him and I'll just bump him out the way and get something out of the drawer but he is not like that he works on a building site and they have their space and they work one here and one there and they don't cross over they have their own tools and there's none of this I'll just lean over you and bump you slightly and not say anything and he's very much pops out of my way all a little bit awkwardly hopefully he's not listening by the way um, <laughs> and I think oh the rest of the world doesn't operate like this the rest of the world doesn't feel as comfortable as I do or, or the culture that I created to be so in each other's physical space yeah and so we forget that when clients are in our chair right yeah we need to yeah. check Yes, yes. And so look, I, if I think back to when, um, I suppose when there was the biggest amount of staff that I worked with and around was when I was working in the business with my family, my, my parents. Um, and it wasn't 30, but it was like, I think it was 15 staff was the biggest they had, which is still, you know, pretty up there. Uh, and I get what you mean. So we, as a team, as a selling team, you, you become family. So, and you see each other more than you probably see your own actual family because mm -hmm. you're doing the main parts of the day and all those hours together. So I get that that you do feel kind of comfortable to do that and no one's really, you know, offended. Um, but when it came to, and I, okay, so the, so you and I are, I'm your husband, okay? <laughs> so this is great. I can give you the breakdown. So I get, even I sometimes just want to grab something. And But <laughs> if, I, if I bring it back to a family thing, I would probably feel okay to do the, to reach across. And, and my husband's very much like you are, like very, you know, happy to invade someone's personal space <laughs> but in the salon and when we're involving our guest as well um for that kind of thing so for, for someone of your touchy-feely kind of feeling really comfortable that way then I suppose I would I would have trained the staff to always include the guest as part of what this is not just so they've forgotten and we're just all communicating amongst ourselves so it would be a gentle touch on the shoulder excuse me a minute I just got to reach for this and so you almost ask for permission to invade that space and you still do um, as opposed to expecting everyone to like okay you can go now you know stand back yeah. and, and get through so it's basic it's again it just comes down to um consultation but communication and yes. and always include the guests so the the one thing that happens the most in selling is the interruption right when you've got to ask a question or something's happening at the basin with another guest you've got and the, the maybe the younger stylist just needs to check in and you're finishing off someone um and they need to ask you a question so it'll just be never just jump in because even that to me is invading personal space you've just taken their airspace or their their hearing space whatever it was and they may have been in a conversation with that guest 
So it would be simply the hand then touches the shoulder of the guest. So you acknowledge, that's an acknowledgement. Um, that usually changes the scene. So then the person who's doing, let's say they're blow drying, will stop and look. And so we've now we've arrived. There's three people here. And then there's a chance to say, I just need to ask a question. I'm really sorry to interrupt. And then you ask your question and off they go. And just that simple thing is done very quickly. It's not rude. And the client feels, or the guest feels like they have been, you know, again, made Seen important. Their part. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I don't know if that kind of was where you've gone, but that's how I kind of break that down if I was to put oh, yeah. in a situation. Yeah, for sure. Um, and we very much had that culture too. You know, you're on stage. When you're on the floor, you're on stage. Yeah. And you act a certain way. And in the background, yeah. we can all bump into each other. That's fine. Yeah. But um, but really reading the person that you have in front of you, because some people yeah. want to hug you and, yeah. and, a, and will touch you on your leg or yeah. your shoulder back. Yeah. And other people, you might touch their shoulder and you can feel them flinch straight away. And it's like, okay, yeah. no touching your shoulder to excuse myself. So yeah. I think, you know, we, we spend a lot of time about really talking about body language and um, shadowing. We didn't you call it shadowing at the time? I forget well, what you called it now, but like, you know, mimicking people's behavior. Yeah. So, so we're matching them. Yeah. And, and look, I, to a degree, I think that is good. But I also feel like, like if you, someone comes in and we were talking about like the rushed person, uh, then you don't want to mim mimic that. You want to actually no, <laughs> help, yeah, help calm them down. So if I've got someone who's come in, and let's um, let's assume I like to give the story uh, a bit more information. So let's assume this is a new guest, and I'm really needing to tap in to who who this person is and how I'm going to help them best with their style. So I'll sit them down. Now this is brilliant. You had a space that didn't have mirrors. What I do is I sit um, kind of in front, but beside my guest, so that I'm not looking at her through the mirror. And that way, this is, this is something else I found really um, gives me a lot of information. So I basically give her the option to either use the mirror when she's talking to me about her hair or turn and face me. Mm. And I find it really interesting. And this is not a hard and fast rule, but it's, it's kind of a general um, assumption I've come to or observation I've noticed is probably a better word to say, is that the younger guests, let's say, 30 down will though so I'm sitting to the side I'm not talking to them through the mirror will talk to me about the hair while they always look at themselves in the mirror but when you're talking to someone who's like 40 up or 50 up they'll generally prefer that they turn and actually talk to me and we really connect and I love that so that already tells me a little bit but sometimes they might come back and forth because I'll ask questions but I just watch how they move at what point do they look they feel comfortable to look at themselves and at what part of the conversation do they prefer not to and that is like so powerful um extending on body language when I'm talking to them and asking them to kick start what would they like to tell me about their hair today I also watch how they touch their hair when they're talking to me or what or how they actually sit in the chair. Some people are kind of edging forward and, and they're really looking or I've even had um, the kind of more nervy, edgy person who's a bit, you know, basically nervous and anxious um, kind of feel like because I'm giving them that space, uh, they're really uncomfortable with that because they're almost like, why aren't you touching my hair yet? Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you? And they'll kind of throw their head into my face and like, aren't you going to touch it? Aren't you going to touch it? And then I kind of feel like, okay, with that kind of energy, I actually pull things back even more and I slow it and I slow my talking down even more. And I really try to get them 
comfortable. So, um, so that all comes into that whole body language and, and where I go with it. Yeah. They're the do's anyway. <laughs> They're the positive right. parts of it. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk about some don'ts. What are some things that we can really try and remember not to do? All right. Now, I feel a little bit, I don't, and, and we're all like super respectful here. It's everyone's interpretation and, and what's worked. But coming back to that whole touching and not touching, and it is great to have that connection. And most hairdressers I know are very more touchy and, and put their hands on. And some do it because they feel they have to, but might not be. Um, so one of the things I find, and I'll tell you, I just want to give you a bit of background as to why I feel so passionate about my list of don'ts is that every time I have my hair done, coloured or cut, I go to a new salon, a different salon that I didn't go to before and see someone I haven't seen before and it scares the bejesus out of me. I swear. You're very I am, brave. I am so anxious because I've had the bad experiences. I've had the okay experiences and I've had very few where I just say I have been totally overwhelmed. There might have been parts of it that were, but I'm like really critiquing, by the way. And one other important thing is I never tell them I'm a hairdresser. So mm. it's it's I'm just basically observing. I am presenting myself as a client and going through motions. And this, I think, is so powerful because it actually helps me be a better hairdresser to never forget what it feels like to sit in that chair. And I would challenge every hairdresser to do mm. it. Not go somewhere just for a blow dry. That's too safe. Actually go for a full haircut or a full color, something a bit different and, and feel the whole experience and pay for the whole experience to really get an understanding of what your guest feels when they come in. Um, so coming back to the don'ts, one thing when I've gone to salons that I, is a pet hate and possibly because I am less of a touchy-feely kind of person is when I am touched straight away. I actually feel like I've been, you know, invaded my space completely. Um, I don't know this person yet. They haven't actually properly introduced themselves to me yet, and yet they're touching me. And the head, I believe, is one of the most protected parts of our body. And it means a lot, and our hair does. It's full of all of our emotions, everything, and it's it's just it's a personal space. So, yes, even though we're in a salon and this is going to be a part of our body that does get styled and touched, it's still something I believe should there should be at least a meet and greet and permission before you touch your guest um, and I always ask for permission before I start having a feel through the hair but that part is done after I've started the consultation and given them time to talk to me about their hair because I've had time to observe how they touch their hair rather than me coming in there shaking it all around yeah. how what are we going to do today all of this it is that in itself is very rushed and if I dare say intimidating um, so depending, and if you haven't yet got to know even a little bit about the guests that are sitting in your chair, you may be doing everything she hates and that is going to be how she presents the whole way through and you've never had a chance to tap in and really fine tune and work out what style is going to work for, for who she is, maybe her lifestyle, her personality. You know, I go right into, I, I go quite deep in my consultations, but it's not, it doesn't take forever because a lot of those three things I mentioned to you are visual. Um, and listening and, and all happen very quickly um, but it's being stepped through it to to know what you're looking at and understand what you just saw walk in the door and that's information that a lot of people have just never understood was information in itself um, yeah. so yeah so touching too early to yeah, me love that big Agree. No, big yeah no and no. asking permission first 
Absolutely. Because I, yeah. I see I see that too. Too many people walk straight behind the client, hands in here, hi, yeah. through the mirror. So yeah. sit down, eye contact, ask about the hair before you touch, don't touch. And and you just said it there too. Don't talk through the mirror. It's mm. very disconnecting, not connecting. Mm. Yeah. Later, okay, but you've already met. So it's it's already changed the table, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Great. Any other definitely don'ts? Uh look, I this would, I'm trying to keep them short. I feel like I've, and I'm always kind of learning and trying to even better my skills all the time. I don't ever feel like I've arrived and I know it all, absolutely not. But I think um, now more than ever, particularly coming out of, or now living with COVID and, and what this means for all of us, um, keeping the conversation always about the hair, it's not that hard. I feel like after or during consultation, once the stylist feels they may have got what they need to know, we've decided on tick the box on what services we're doing and all the rest of it, um, that it can quickly become a conversation where either the, the stylist is talking about their experience of what they're doing. I really feel like keeping it always about the hair. I mean, conversation can be led by your guests and go off here and there, but if you always keep it back to what we're doing and, and that means, you know, there's never not time to be talking about what products could be used. There's, if, if you're really engaged in that guest all the way from start to finish, there's almost not enough time to fill her in on everything she could know or know more of to help better her style. So I feel like that's where maybe possibly when you delve into products, um, talking about product or talking about how to style or how, to, how she's going to now manage this at home, it's all thrown in at the end and really rushed. But yet you have this whole appointment to, um, to be delivering this ongoing consultation uh, with your guests so I would say keep it about keep it about what we're doing um, and it also just keeps I think the whole the whole staff focused all of the time and yeah that would be another another I, 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 I really love that we had an 80-20 rule that had to 80% to be about the client but you're actually taking it the next step it needs to be all about the hair yes. what I love about that is um, apart from the obvious results driven reasons like actually there's no reason for them not to know how to do things how to style it how to do it at home what you're doing next and peppering and all of the you know the next 12 months journey which is a great retention strategy um but we don't go to the doctor and find out what's happening in the doctor's life and what movie they went to and what the kids are doing the doctor is focused on your health mm. and so really they're coming to to us have a hair, hair guidance yeah yes. like this is the this is the thing that frames their face that's and even what we're even in the business the, of yeah that's right and even <laughs> for the beauty industry it's the same keep it keep it on the skin keep it on on the problems and the and the opportunities that we have to educate our people and then mm. the relationship doesn't get complicated that's it you don't start tapping into things that really probably should never have been a topic um, and, and then you actually have eliminated stress and anxiety, not just for your guests, but for you as well, because it always stayed about what we're doing. And that's what we're there to do. I think sometimes, you know, we maybe are known this industry for being a little bit um, on the counselling side of things, or we mm -hmm. well, either for talking too much about ourselves or for being the counsellor. But in fact, we could leave at the end of the day after seeing seven, 10 guests in a day, and mm. we are exhausted. Yes. Yes, we just take it all on and in. Mm -hmm. Whereas actually what you're saying is we don't need to do that. Just be completely professional and provide an exceptional service. And that means yeah. just talking about our profession. 
they're here. <laughs> and in fact, that in itself is a great counselling session because they have probably for the first time in a long time had a mind that wasn't on everything else because at some point in that in that service it, it may have come back and they're they're thinking about what they where they're going to go next or what their problems are and I'm not saying that people won't just you know they feel safe and they relax they're going to talk that's fine but it only ever has to be a little snippet and then you just casually then bring it back to you know what I was just thinking you know you mentioned that your hair was feeling a little dry and you know and this could be while you're working or foiling away and you're going you know your hair texture would really thrive and you're just talking and then they're like you know what what were you talking about before can I see that product um, and it's it, it's just so easy to keep it about hair. And then if they choose to come back to what they're talking about, but you'll find that once that hasn't kind of been given any energy to keep going, or um, they if it was something upsetting or something got them razzled up, you'll see that energy change. They lift again. And you think, oh, just did all that work getting them nice and where we want them, and now it's coming back up and down. Um, it just doesn't happen. I just feel like we have, without knowing it complicated what we do and we are exhausted and it just doesn't have to be that way it can be a, so much more simple um, yeah. and then you leave tired but very fulfilled that you had yeah. a great day and you possibly learned more about a product yourself that you thought you haven't used a lot on most of your clientele but that day this person's hair really needed this other product and and you know you you know it's just yeah yeah, I feel like I could keep going, but I yeah, for stop. sure. <laughs> I, I feel like that's uh, a win-win formula because what I've learned about being a great salesperson is that um, we don't need to be salesy for sales' sake, but when people buy our recommendations and the things that we've talked about, they're really happy because mm -hmm. they get the hair that they want. They get uh, they look how they want over the next six weeks. They look good at home. They feel good when they leave the salon. They have a great experience. And the net result is that, that because they, they had the toner or they bought the hair care for home or they didn't have just half a head, they had a full head. So actually when they wear their hair up, they don't have this band underneath or whatever it is. And if the client is happy, she's happy. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. as a result, the scorecard is that we have good sales and so we're happy for the work and the effort that we put in. We're well rewarded. So we're happy. So actually it's a win-win scenario. 100%. 100%. Yeah. All right. I think that's amazing. Um, all right. You're a business owner. I would love uh, for you, you know, like being in business is, is hard. It's a lot of energy and it's exhausting. But so what is a quote or a mantra or something that keeps you focused as a business owner? Oh, you know what? Every year I start my, um, so when I get to, I don't know if it's just before New Year's or from New Year, I, I do end up with like a week off around there. And I just, I, I, I take my diary with me and I just sit down and I just love this time. I know it's a bit weird and crazy, but I, I love being organized. I really, really do. And I just come up with, or some, somehow a quote will find me and that will be my quote for the year. And now I've said that out loud, I don't know if I started this year off with a quote. And if that's the case, <laughs> it's the first year I didn't. But last year it was um, challenge equals change. And I think that was that really was true to me because of what we all experienced in the beginning of 2020. And I don't know that I felt a year that had so much change and challenge. Um, and I went as far as to actually have it engraved on a, a locket that I, um, I'm not wearing it now, but it was just like, that is really true to me. So I suppose that could be one. I, I, I tend to like to use a, a lot of different ones, but, um, but other quotes I love is that uh, 
you know, confidence starts from the hair down. That's something that I feel is true because when you go get all the things I'm passionate about, which is consultation right and, you know, really aligning the right hairstyle for that person and they're loving it and they can manage it at home effortlessly. It's, I mean, you know, we all know when we like our hair, don't we just, we're just a better person that day, right? We're nicer to everyone. You're, you're overly nice to everyone because when you love your hair, you're just, you're just really nice that day. You can conquer the world. <laughs> you can conquer everything. So the confidence is just glowing and it's, it's pretty powerful what, as hairdressers, we can do that for people. Um, so, yeah, it's, yeah, confidence starts from the hair down. <laughs> I love it. All right, let's talk about your book a little bit, um, the Love Your Hair book. Uh, tell us what inspired you to write it and uh, what is the key reason that we need to buy it? Okay. I'll be, so honestly, I wrote it with the guest in mind. I, it was probably 2019. I started deciding that I wanted to reach more people with my consultations. Um, I felt it was one part of what we do in hairdressing that was really kind of missing. And it is hard to, I mean, I've evolved over these, you know, 30 years of fine tuning it. I've, I've learned a lot more about psychology and reading body language. I, that stuff does interest me. And it's been great that it does because I've been able to pull it together and really put um, almost like a, a system together that works for great consultations. And when I see someone for the first time in my salon, I see them for a consultation and we do not follow through with a hair appointment that same day. So I separate it completely. Um, that works for me and it gives me time to, to get to meet that person and find out what we're going to do. But I have had over all the years that, like feedback that, you know, that was great. I've never had that time spent and really, you know, tapping into to what my hair can do or what's going to suit me, my face shape, my body shape, what have you. And so writing the book um, was a way of also reaching more people. So I did actually start saying I, I actually developed an online consultation, which means I can do consultations online to anyone in the world. They don't have to be only because they can come to see me in Melbourne. So my point was I was trying to reach more people and offer this. And then the book was another way of bridging that gap between hairdresser and, and guest um, to basically empower both. Um, if the guest comes in and is a little bit more aligned with where they want to go, then the, let's say the stylist who's maybe not so confident or sure about how to, to pull off a really great consultation, maybe because they're still new in the industry or they're just not being trained that way. If the guest is half a lot more informed and already in that right place, then that is only going to benefit the stylist. And then the stylist is going to start talking already without having to feed through all the things that she might have wanted they're going to start where they need to start. And so basically I see it as a way of getting even better, um, ticking the box on both sides. <laughs> I, I love that you're a copy. <laughs> yeah, for, yeah, I would love to see it. Um, I love that you're educating, the you're kind of essentially educating the client before they get to the meet, to, to, yes. the, to the appointment. Yes. And that's half the barrier because often the client doesn't know what she needs or doesn't know to how to articulate the problems or the challenges or the wants that she has. And so you're getting a really nice meeting of the minds and so they can get to a resolution faster. Yeah. Love and adore that. All right, uh, Natalie, where can we find you and your book? What are your socials and your dub dubs? Okay, well, um, Retreat Hair is the name of my salon. Uh, very easy, www.retreathair.com.au because we're in Australia. Uh, and then my Instagram, and I think Instagram and Facebook are pretty well connected these days. So if I give you my Instagram, that would be at 
retreat underscore hair and basically everything is linked. So um, from my link tree, I've got my YouTube channel, I've got my book, I've got my blogs. I write a lot of blogs about things that come up in the salon, questions I've had over the years that I think is really interesting information to share. So um, yeah, I've got quite a library that you can go through and just find you know, a topic of interest. So everything really is navigated beautifully from the website um, and or Instagram seems to be a great landing page that I use a lot. <laughs> I shall put all of those links in the show notes Thank of this you. episode. So if you're wanting to find Natalie, and I know you will, and you'll stalk her. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for the time this that you've invested fun. with thank us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah that was great. I, really I got appreciate a it. lot out of that too. Beautiful. Thank you so Amazing. much, Marissa. Thank you. All right. Take care. Mwah. And that's a wrap. Huge thank you to you. Thank you, Natalie, for your bubbly and positive energy. I really appreciate it. I loved everything that we chatted about today. It reminds me so much of the time when I owned my salon and I aimed to create a perfect culture within my team and ensure that our clients were looked after 10 out of 10 service every time, Hilton service level. Not only when they walk out the door, but of course, in between visits too. At the end of the day, the salon's client, uh, the reason that the salon is, it exists. Without those clients coming back, we don't have a business. After all, it's easier to keep an existing client happy than to uh, try and attract a new one. So I work with salon owners all around the world who look to turn their salons that they started as a passion into a successful and profitable business. If you're looking to make this year one to remember, then I want you to come and do the work with me. I want to help you create an award-winning culture within your salon. So not only are your team motivated, positive about their work, but the clients are too. Maybe you've thought about working with me, but you're just not sure. And then let me tell you who I work with. Maybe we're a match. I work with a certain type of salon owner, a salon and spa owner looking to make a huge leap forward. You have a team of four to seven, maybe more, and are already smashing seven to 8K a week or more. I help salon owners prepare and get to $19,000 a week. That is a million dollar salon. If you're more than ready to step up into becoming a real CEO of your business rather than just another day of fully booked clients on the floor and a business then just becomes overwhelming and stressful. You want to grow your team, a sustainable business that's not centered all around you. A successful, predictable, profitable business that works without you. Not that you don't drive it or that, it's, that you're not in it, but it's not dependent upon you. You're willing to be open, coachable, and put the right strategic systems in place in your business. And you're a massive action taker. 60 days from now, things could be completely different. A year from now, life and business could be better than you ever imagined. So if you want to have a chat, see if we're a good fit and Salon Mastery is a good fit for you, then DM me, PM me, let's talk. Or you can find Salon Mastery application form on our website, www.salonownerscollective.com. Now, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Salon Owners Collective podcast. Look forward to connecting with you again, same time, same place, next week. Ciao for now. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the podcast. Tune in every week as I reveal the latest insights and advice on what it takes to truly master your inner salon CEO and master your salon success. Subscribe to the Salon Owners Collective podcast on iTunes or Spotify or visit us online at www.salonownerscollective.com. But make sure to join me in my Facebook group for 
answers to common questions and much, much more. Thanks for listening and I look forward to tuning in with you again next week.